0: you want it darker? Check out The Killer, the new album by Crime and The City Solution. Here is the main crime fighter, Simon Bonney, to tell us how applying for a PhD led to making this
1: new music. To me, they're the same thing. You know, like, um, they're both sort of exploration and kind of, you know, unpacking how the world works and, um, you know, working out uh you know things like how i might construct the world and you know if there's objectivity to that or right you know the the degree to which you can separate yourself from your subject all of those things are a phd it's it's um it's merely a practical thing um i uh went on holidays i ended my holidays on the the day that the pandemic began Right. And suddenly found myself unemployed because I, I I couldn't leave the country, which is where I usually worked. All the places I worked were kind of closed to me, so um, I sat down and said, "Oh well, I'll put it into PhD." Um, yeah, but again, because of the pandemic, universities are contracting all over the world. All my supervisors either got sacked or you know took early retirement or got redundant, right? Made redundant, so. I thought, fuck it, I, I, I just, um, I'll put it into music and yep. um, got on a plane, which, you know, like many people who, like we were in Melbourne, like which was serious lockdown city of yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah. Yep, yep. Probably not up there with, uh, you know, but I mean, it, was, it, was, it was in the top 10. Um, and uh, I just wanted to get out of there. You know, I, I was in the suburbs of Melbourne. Um, we thought we'd give that a try. I've never done that before the suburbs. And uh I have to say it was extremely alienating. And I just <laughs> couldn't I just had to get on a plane and get somewhere. Yeah, I, yeah I've I gone heard. to the opposite place. I mean the most urban, well, one of the most urban environments in the world. Yeah.
0: And was there much of a culture shock when you moved like that for you?
1: No, I move, I've moved around my whole life. Right. So I mean I I'm I'm uh, not only used to them, I I I, um, I, I seek them out. Gotcha. Seek out culture shock. Right.
0: Now, so did, how did you did you find it easy, kind of slipping into the music scene in Berlin?
1: Yeah. Yep. I mean, we've still got you know we've got strong ties to the city. Yeah. Um, they're absolutely like they're you know like so the, the drummer, um, he's an old friend from Australia. He's been here forever. Um, the producer was was uh, a longtime fan, so you know, yeah, there there's people dotted around in in Berlin. The counterculture in Berlin is very productive, I'd have to say. like they're they're extremely organized for mm-hmm. counterculture, right? They run stores and bars and you know art businesses and studios and things like that. it's it's um it's it's a good place for that,
0: right. Right. Yeah. Now, you mentioned your work that you were doing. I read somewhere there you worked briefly in the Ukraine just after the invasion and stuff. So what kind of work is that that you were doing? and How did you find yourself? Uh, that was
1: very different. Like that was that was me trying to work out what the hell to do with my life.
0: Um, OK. <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: uh, situation. Um, you know, I'm a journalism major. Um, I never practiced journalism, but uh, I found myself in Berlin and I thought, how can I combine all of the various things that I've done, and um, and I made contact with some musicians, and I was interested to see how musicians were were um, experiencing war because it was it was a different perspective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, ultimately, it was an unsuccessful, you know, um, it was a very interesting experience, but like from a from a kind of. Uh, you know, journalism perspective, it was a a, a disaster because uh, no one wanted to print what I had written. Wow. So, uh, but, you know, it was, it was a very, you know, it was an interesting experience to, to, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I was uh, I had very good um, local guide who showed me around and, you know, um, I got to see the world through, through his eyes, which was, uh, is always something that engages me.
0: Gotcha. Now the core, band is you, yourself, and Bronwyn Adams. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me about her and how you guys work together and how you came across, you know, putting this. how well, we've got
1: well. a, you know, we've been together a long time. Like, um, uh, there is some kind of, you know, deep connection there. Uh, we have, in some ways, quite similar backgrounds, uh, you know, both kind of like left home very young. Uh, both had intellectual parents, uh, academics, um, who were going through the kind of, who went to beads in the 60s and 70s. And, right. Um, you know, like, that, like that film, what is it? Um, the Icicle Storm or something, you know. Like it was just there. Uh, there were no adults in the room. Uh, right. They're all, uh, so it was pretty chaotic. And, yeah. um But you know, uh, she is someone that you know that I can talk to deeply, and you know, um, if I'm looking at doing, you know, trying to understand how to do construction, like like of uh, you know of worldviews, like and to look and explore that, she's she's someone that that you know will always have um, a a very um, uh, you know thoughtful. You know, um, contribution to that. So she's she's someone that I discuss things with at that early stage. Right. She's also much more detail oriented than I am, and so I, I tend to sort of focus on bigger pictures, yeah. and um, she's great with the details. Like, so she co-produced, co-mixed the record. Right. Uh, and that's absolutely the kind of thing that she's um, very good at. So it's those little kind of melodic details and sort of like sometimes you'll co-write the music and uh again she'll add this dimension to it that is you know is is kind of central to the way in which i work like all the musicians that i work with you know um offer that like for example i entered this record with you know rudimentary song structures uh and some choruses and then i like to leave the verses alone yep and um then as the music evolves uh the I mean, I have the words written, but they're sort of like, as far as they're structured and delivered, and then they'll sort of, they'll build and develop in relationship to the music.
0: All right. So, and I see, yeah, so lyrically, most of the lyrics are yours. Musically, it's yeah. kind of the band, and you have like, I noticed like on Hurt You Hurt Me, you've got Jim White yeah. and, and Matthew Smith yeah. uh, contributing there. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you're when you're melding your lyrics to their music do you have much is there a discussion about it is it do you kind of see what they come up with how how does it how does the collaboration work
1: selfish heart place your upon my oh uh, you hurt me and um, bravehearted woman no they sent me music uh-huh uh, that they they're the worst written for that in uh, in uh, Papua New Guinea in a hotel okay <laughs> uh, I would just it was just on my my weekends I'd sort of sit there on the evenings there wasn't much to do so I'd sort of sit there and you know sit, learn how to use iTunes uh, like the uh, like the garage band right right yep I've I've been hearing that a lot from people.
0: <laughs> I bet you have. Yeah. And, and how do you find that to work with like that?
1: It doesn't it really depends like, you know, um you, the the percentage of the music that you that I can put lyrics to is is usually relatively low. Um so it's a more labor intensive approach. Like if I have the the melody and a rudimentary structure, um, then obviously I know the words are going to work right to, to, the, to the song. Yeah. Um, when it, it It's like, so when I talked to Matt, who w- would have been the originator of it, and then sort of he would have got together with Jim and they, they, it would have evolved from that. But um, we talked about the sort of style of music, so we were looking at kind of soul music, right. um, you know, funkadelic, uh sly and the family stone that kind of stuff yep. and um you know then he would sort of send stuff that basically had that flavor to it and then i would sort of find ways to put put um uh, you know so there was a, a bit of a kind of you know conceptual discussion beforehand right um but you know i mean they sent eight pieces of music i think and you know of which two sort of ended up as songs gotcha
0: right I noticed several rivers run through your uh, your album. Here, you have "Rivers of Blood" and "Rivers, rivers oh, okay. of God," and, <laughs> uh, rivers. and and let's face it, uh, rivers. I mean, you can think of Bruce Springsteen or Neil Young or oh, yeah. Dave or all those folks. That, I mean, rivers. through the r- music. Yeah. So
1: movement. <laughs> so tell me, so it's,
0: it's a just, journey. Yeah, you know, it, like from
1: the from the source of the the the, the river to the to the sea. My love. Turns rivers to blood and flowers to blackened buds. But I am the one who will love you. You know, yeah. They're you know, I think they've probably been used since you know, uh, humankind first witnessed and observed it. Uh, a river, and thought, you know, hey, that's that's that that's there's um that could be allegorical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it could. <laughs> also, I like the wilderness, you know. So, um, a lot of this was written um from being in the wilderness in Tasmania. So okay. Um, okay. Uh, in the highlands of you know of, of Papua New Guinea and the the outback. So, like, there was. Uh, yeah, and Rufus were there. Gotcha was, yeah. I, I like them. Had <laughs> movement.
0: All righty. So there's seven tracks to the record, and uh, the fifth one, "Killer," which I guess is kind of the title track, is rather yeah. epic. It's over eight minutes long. So I was hoping you might want to share something about that. I, I don't want to ask you what it's about, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you want to tell me about it:
1: Take me back) To that desert shore Take me back To eternal war Love extreme And the dead body In my dream In the service of selfish where the truth it's the central story in the in the record, which is just, you know, uh, I spent a lot of life trying to find this one thing that I could believe in and get behind. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've seen it in other people, like um, I've seen people join the police force, you know, to, to belong to a brotherhood or, you know, yeah. or um i've seen you know i've been to uh when i was in bangladesh went to a mosque and it was just absolutely jammed packed to i mean you just there was no um there was no room to move and right. there, there were a lot of you know committed people there um who obviously believed in something and i just realized kind of there well i'm kind of envious of this but it's not going to be for me like gotcha. I, I've yep. Just, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to find this one thing well the one thing that i tried to invest in was anti-corruption you know, uh and and like most sort of like uh people in that field, you you start off with these these dreams of sort of like uh systemic change. Uh you're gonna build this system that's gonna kind of eradicate corruption. And and then as you get a, further along, you become a little bit, you know, um depressed because <laughs> nothing's changed. Yeah. It's you know, the people people have come and gone and you know, like some people have gone to jail and, you know, some people have, you know, moved on. Uh but really there's always someone to replace them. Right. right. And then you do, you know, I sat quite early on with a colleague at a Christmas party, um, and he he was he'd been doing it for a long, lot longer. I mean, he'd done it all over the world. And uh, he said, "I wonder if we've achieved anything." Just, <laughs> you well, know, kind of, kind of a pretty, you know, salutary sort of like um, <laughs> sobering thought. Uh, and uh, so you take your little victories, yeah, and uh, and you know they come, but you've got to kind of, you got to be kind of uh, open to that happening, and 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 open to that. That's that's what happens. Yep. Um. And so that record, that, that song is about kind of, the, it's a sort of the depression or the fall of sort of like believing in something and then sort of realizing it's just not going to answer all your questions. Right. Um. You know, it's like, like, again, like, I mean, I've, I've felt this the whole in my whole life. Like, I remember the in America, there was the um, American Council for Civil Liberties. Yeah. And I just thought, like, fuck, that's amazing. Like, they just believe in this one thing. Like, it doesn't matter sort of, like, who they represent. They just that, believe in this one thing about freedom of speech. That's the, like, that's the ACLU,
0: I believe it's called.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just, the, that's their driver. Like, that's yeah. just, you know, like, they just I throw their lot in sort of. And, um, yeah, I just really, yeah, I, I just, I wanted it to be me. It was not going to be me. There's this, there's this, um, and then I found this piece, which again comes into the, the song is, uh, Isaiah Berlin had this thing called the hedgehog and the and the um and the fox. Ah. And so the hedgehog knows one one thing and sort of and then the fox knows many things. and so sort of and and then so one is about change and sort of like um, and accepting that sort of each situation is going to be slightly different than the one before, and the other one is going to have this sort of this very sort of like, uh, um uh the presence of a very sort of solid superstructure that that all of their decision making all of the way in which they experience the world is going to be governed through this one sort of central thing yeah and i just realized that you know that's what my life is it's change and that's okay um i i'm sort of okay with that now so right. it makes me happier right so my my sense is that
0: you you do pay attention to the big picture what's going on in the world and oh yeah there's a lot going on right now you've got the stuff with israel and hamas and you've, you've got everything going. you've on, got yeah. ukraine and you've got uh yeah. you know the election and or whatever it is going on in the states and mass shootings and it's like so yeah. d- does that with all that happening uh, what do you make of it what do you what 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 do you draw from it you You've been doing the crime and city
1: solutions in seventy-seven, so <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it all feeds into to what I write about, but but what interests me is the personal story. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, there's the geopolitical kind of view of of the, of war. You know, like in that, 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 there's a there's a reason for that. Um, you know, and it's a valid way of looking at it. But you know what I found interesting, you know, again in Ukraine was was talking to individuals and finding out about their individual experience. Because I, I tend, um, you know, from a historiographical, pos- uh position sort of like to, I don't really like the big man of history sort of, um. Ideas. I mean, I just you know, it's it's like um, like another example is like, all of the all of the things that I that I retain like uh, in memories are all about personal experiences. Like you know, I remember individuals from Papua New Guinea. I I I remember their their life story, um, and my interaction w- with them. Uh, same in the Northern Territory. Like so, there in the Northern Territory, we were oversighting the um, uh intervention in into Indigenous uh, communities, remote Indigenous communities in the Northern Territory. And, um, you know, there's the higher level political, you know, view of it. Yep. It's fine. Yeah. I understand that. But then there were all the personal stories. Well, I don't remember the higher political stuff like, right. at all. I just sort of like, it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's like, you know. Uh, but I do remember the personal stories. I remember the people I was sitting next to chatting under a tree um, about not even about what I was there for, but just having a normal chat. And you would find out so many interesting things. Um, and it gave you, like, I felt privileged to have sort of heard those, those stories. And, and that's what stays with me is those stories.
0: Okay. And do you remain optimistic, hopeful, of
1: <laughs> the
0: human condition? Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I uh, I think I remain realistic. I, right. I don't like things that people do to each other, that don't surprise me. Um, you know, I don't expect people to, you know, like, um, yeah, I, I'm not very moralistic, so like, I, I don't view the world through that lens of sort of like right and wrong, right. Um, uh, so I'm, um, I'm more interested in understanding, you know, how why people think, what whatever it is that they think, rather than having a, a dial, a, you know, a debate about whether or not what they think is correct. Right. Right.
0: And are you, so the closing track is called "Peace in My Time," so that kind of yeah. leads into that, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's just there's a kind of. It, the greatest happiness I've ever had and also like, you know, which I've witnessed in other people is, um, you know, accepting the world as it is. Right. You know, like, I mean, there are people in Papua New Guinea whose daily lives would, would um, anyone in Australia would sort of think, well, how, how can you even, you know, that that's such a frightening way to live, like, right. um, uh, you know, with those high levels of violence. And yet, you know, there are people in Papua New Guinea who are incredibly happy yeah. and also ones who are very sad. Like, you know, it, it's sort of like the material things in their life are kind of, you know, that's, that's an aspect of their life, but it's not the whole thing. And, and um, you know, I, I feel grateful for experiencing the world outside of, you know, um, Australia um, and seeing the challenges that people have and, and just seeing the, you know... Um, Yeah, happiness comes through, you know, like if they're comfortable in in who they are, uh, in their circumstances, and they sort of accept it on those terms, then, you know, there's, you know, there comes a certain happiness with that. Um, Peace, if you want. Gotcha.
0: All righty. Well, that seems like a good way, good place to leave it. <laughs> let leave on, on peace. Sounds leave good. Yeah. On peace. I am keen. to I'd love to hear what these th- songs sound like live in person, because like you say, I have a feeling that they're going to change and mutate and evolve yeah. somehow. So uh, if you do get a chance, bring in, bring the show down under here. And,
1: <laughs> but Oh, the, we will. Yeah. We all will. right. It's, you know, it's definitely on the, you know, we, we'll be touring a lot. Like that's what right. this band is about is touring. All righty. Well, don't forget about New Zealand this time.
0: I won't. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much and have a great day. Right. Bye bye.